Welcome to the Remnant of Youth podcast. We believe that Jesus is alive and loves you more than you'll ever know. And now, let's listen in on the Remnant of Youth podcast. If you guys have your Bibles or on your Bible app, turn with me to Matthew 25. And I just have to say this before we get into this. You guys, no, like no joke, you guys put me to shame when I was in high school. Like I'm thinking about what I was doing in high school. And yeah, I love God. I was a Christian. I wanted to live for him. But what you guys are doing puts, puts me to shame. And, and I think for a lot of adults in here, with the exception of like Michaela, uh, we, we could say the same thing. We really could, because what you guys are doing is that you're taking your faith seriously and you are reaching out to the people that are at your school because, I mean, let's be honest, like the things that you do are affecting eternal destiny. That when you tell someone about Jesus and they receive that, that is one less soul in hell and one more soul in heaven for eternity. It's it's kind of big, right? (laughs) It's kind of big. And so the fact that you guys are doing that, don't be surprised when things get really hard. And when I say really hard, I mean like through the rest of this school year, like there's going to be some stuff that's going to come up. I'm not saying it's thus say it's the Lord or anything. All I'm saying is that the enemy hates what you're doing. And when you are effective for the sake of the gospel in Christ, you and I need to expect opposition. And that's the spiritual war that, that we're in. Uh, but I just want to share that with you guys. Be encouraged. Like God is using you. Like God is using you in amazing ways. So pick it up in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. And I'm really excited for this passage. I really pray it speaks to you and encourages you. But let's pray. We'll see what God has to say. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. God, you have saved so many kids this week. And there is so many There's so much seed and so many messages that you have put in people's hearts. Lord, hundreds that you have enabled these students to share the truth about you and what is needed and and that you are the hero, that you are the rescue mission. And so Lord, I pray even now that, that those thoughts would continually be stirred up in their minds and their hearts and use us just to continue to to encourage them and continue to follow up with them and continue to be there for them. Lord, I pray that you would give us those chances to tell even more people about you. And Lord, I pray that this teaching would be your teaching. These would be your words and not mine. And we'd hear what you have to say to us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. In Matthew 25, Jesus is going over a parable. And a parable is just a commonplace story that's using imagery to illustrate a point. And in this particular parable, we're going to be looking at three servants, three different kinds of servants. And for those of you that have grown up in church, this may be very familiar to you. And that's okay. That's good. But I want you to pretend that you don't know the end of this story. Just for a minute, just pretend you don't know the end of this story. So you guys got it? Like, it's not going to the end and binge watching Netflix and watching the end of the episode. Pretend you don't know the end, right? Pretend you don't know. And let's see what happens. Chapter 25, verse 14. The kingdom of heaven, I'm reading from NLT for those of you that that want to know. Uh, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip and he called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Now, this is very common back in their day. 
rich guy goes on a trip, he gives money to be invested by his servants, verse 15, and he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. That's really important. We'll follow up with that in a minute. And then he left on his trip. Now, how much is money is this really? The NLT says bags of silver, but the New King Jimmy and the ESV, they call it a talent. And a talent was a lot of money. A talent, depending on which commentary you look at, is either a year's salary or 20 times a yearly salary. So the average is, is uh, 50 grand is the average salary in the United States. So that would be roughly a million dollars. So he gives one servant five million, another servant two million, and then the last servant one million. It's a lot of stuff, like it's a lot of money. And so this analogy, remember this is a parable. So you have to try to say, okay, what imagery is Jesus using? So who is the master represent in this parable? Anybody? God, thank you. So who does the servants represent in this parable? Us. Very good. See, you guys are Bible scholars. You guys are awesome. Now, some get five, some get two, some get one according to their ability. And it was according to their ability, which means some people can handle five. Some people can handle two. Some people can handle one. And this is not meant to be discouraging because even though that one servant was given more and another servant was given less to do, they're all servants. They're all equal in position. And God is saying, hey, this is according to ability. Because if, for those of you that have been in a situation where you are way in over your head, how many of you guys have been there before? Where you're way in over your head. Yeah, it's not fun, right? God doesn't like to, to do that to you unless he's trying to grow you, obviously. But God says, this is what I'm going to do. And look at what these servants did. Verse 16, the servant who received the five bags began to invest the money and earned five more. And the servant with the two bags... He also went to work and earned two more. And these first two guys, they do well. They invest, they trade, they take some risks. And I want to be very clear about that. They didn't know that this was going to work out, but they took some risks. Like, well, you guys, you have taken risks this week. Some big ones. Verse 18, and the servant who received the one bag, he dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money to keep it safe, right? We're going to find out why in a minute. Verse 19, and after a long time, their master returned from his trip and called to them to give an account. And the servant to whom he had trusted five bags came forward with five more and said, Master, you've given me five bags of silver to invest in. Look, I've earned five more. And the master, i.e. God, was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, which is actually not that small. It's like five million bucks. And he got five million more, but he has 10 million bucks. You've been faithful in handling this small amount. Now I will give you more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. God praises the servants. And I want to ask you this question. When is the last time you have felt God praise you? I pray tonight that you feel that tonight. Because, I, and I just gotta, we just gotta take a standby for a quick moment. In the timeline of how this is shaking out, like this parable is sandwiched in between end times parables. So like there's the parable of the foolish versions up on top and there's another parable below. It's all about end times. And the master coming back is God coming back at the end of times. But just kind of just take a quick moment. For those of you that have been doing the Bible Club outreaches, for, the, for those of you that are preparing for the Bible Club outreaches at your school, can I just tell you something really quick? Good job. 
Like seriously, like what God is doing through you guys is absolutely incredible. I've been in youth ministry a really long time. As you can tell from my age, some of you think I'm ancient. Some of you think I'm baby, right? But the point is, is that I've been in youth ministry for almost 20 years and I have not seen, like within the last two years, I have not seen God move like this on public school campus. It has been over 20 years since I've seen this. And this is a very, very special time. This is an incredibly special time. And I just want to say, well done. Seriously, well done. And out of principle, when you're faithful in what God has given you here, here's the kicker. God is going to give you more. When you're faithful in little, God will give you more. And God is celebrating. I don't think we ever picture God that way. Sometimes we think of God as this stoic, good job, right? <laughs> no, like the, the Bible says here that he says, let's party together. Let's celebrate together. You did a really good job. I've been away a really long time. You are doing an amazing job. And I love that. It's absolutely phenomenal. In verse 22, the servant who had received two bags of silver came in forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags and I've earned two more. The master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, which is still, which is still four million bucks. That's a lot of money. And the master said, well done. I'll give you more responsibility. Let's celebrate together. This God celebrates the servant with two talents and life is good. And I want to point out that the master does not scold the servant for not being like the five talent servant. The master doesn't say, well, you only earned two. How come you didn't earn five? He doesn't do that. God said, I've given you this much. And this is what you did with it. Good job. And this is the, this is what I want to, this really important principle in ministry and really important principle when God, like when you start to step out and God starts to use you, God doesn't score you based on the results of others, God scores you on whether you met your potential with what he gave you. And so you're like, I, I wasn't like this other school that had, you know, you know, like, um, like Desert View, like just people asking for Bibles. That didn't happen at my school. Or like, I didn't have a blind kid stand up and receive Christ at my school. I didn't, hey, guess what guys? Like we are all on the same team. We are all on the same team and God is using you and your particular context that, hey, if we transplanted you and, and tried to move you to a different school and God didn't want you to be there, I'm just gonna tell you right now, it's not gonna work <laughs> because God has called you to your school. God has called you to your unique ministry. God has given you what you need to do at your particular context in your particular environment. And don't be discouraged about schools that had this many students or this or that. It's the classic comparing, well, what about the five talent guy, right? Why can't I, what, God, why? And I'm guilty of this. So when I preach this, I'm preaching to myself. You guys ready? Why can't I be like that guy? God, why can't you use me like him? God, why can't you use me like her? God, why? You want to know why? Because that's not my call. That's their call. Just like your call is not my call and vice versa. God has given you something completely unique to do. And the question is, 
Are you going to use what God has given you? Use what you have, not what you wish you had. Use what God has given you and what you have, not what you wish you had. Were you faithful? Did you go for it? Did you max it out? And don't be condemned about the what ifs of the week. Oh, I wish I had done this or I wish I had done that. Take some notes, save it for next year, right? Don't be condemned about the what ifs. We're human. <laughs> you're not going to have this, you're not going to have the perfect outreach week, right? It's not going to be the perfect outreach week, but it's going to be a blessed outreach week because God is using you guys, because God is using you to change people. And all I'm saying is that, and asking you this question, did you go for it? Did you go for it with everything that you have? For the guys that are about to go into it, like definitely want to pray for you guys. Go for it. Like go for it with everything that God has given you. And then God is going to tell you these words, well done. It's beautiful. Verse 24, and then the servant with one bag of silver came. Now this is where it gets a little rough. First two guys are cool. This guy. Verse 24. And the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I'd lose your money, and so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Now, this servant has some issues. <laughs> He's got some issues. Because remember, if the servant is us generally, and the master is who? God. What is the servant saying about God? God, you're harsh. God, you're not fair. And I am afraid of you. How many unbelievers do you know have that view of God? You're not fair, God. I think you're harsh. And I'm afraid of you. I, tons. And this is where the servant is getting into trouble. He hides his money and he doesn't work and doesn't do, doesn't use what God has given him out of fear, out of, out of thinking that God is harsh. You see, this servant, this servant is, man, he's messed up. And this servant is a warning to us that God is not harsh, that we have reverence for God, but we're not running scared away from God. You see, the reason that he didn't use his gifts and he didn't use what God had given him is because he didn't believe in who God really is. He really didn't. He really didn't believe. Verse 26, and the master replied, now this is God speaking. It's rough. You wicked and lazy servants. This is not you, okay? Like, okay, I'm just letting you know, like, this is not you. You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I'd harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate. Why didn't you at least deposit my money in the bank? I could have got some interest out of it. Now, God's response is very direct. He's like, look, bro, you could have at least done something. But his view of God prevented him from actually being used by God. And that's very, very sad. Verse 28, and he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one that has 10 bags of silver. And you might think, that does not sound fair. <laughs> it's like, why, did, why doesn't the other guy get it? Verse 29, and tell those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And this is a really important principle for you guys. Use well what you, they are given, and even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, who don't have the right view of God, afraid of God, think God is harsh, even what they have will be taken away. 
and then throw that useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think you guys know where that servant's going. He's going to hell. And that's very sad. That's very, very sad. But God is saying here, look, your incorrect view of God is what sent him to hell. It's what caused him to act in that particular way. But the correct view of God, the, way, the correct belief of God is justice and mercy and love and grace. And also God celebrates with those who believe. And this is kind of a sobering passage because when I was reading it, I'm like, oh Lord, like, do you really want me to teach on this? This is kind of harsh. But this is the key, guys, is that there are, I can't tell you, there are hundreds of students that are this servant. And they need Jesus. There are hundreds of students that are this servant. And they need the truth. And you are bringing that truth to them. You are bringing that truth to them. And our job to have a successful outreach weekend, this is really important, guys. This is so critical. This is so important. A successful outreach week is when you preach the gospel and people listen and you put that decision of whether they should follow Jesus or not in their hands. And once you've done that, God says, well done. Now, it's gravy when they accept, and it's gravy when they come forward, and it's gravy when they stand totally, right? But I just want to encourage you that, yes, it's okay to be sad because your friends didn't receive Christ. That is sad. But it doesn't make you unsuccessful because you are a success when you preach the gospel. That is successful outreach. That is successful ministry because we can't control their decisions. We can't control what they do. We can't control their, their choices, all we can do is pray and say, God, I have delivered the truth in the most loving and the most clear way possible. And I have prayed and I asked for the Holy Spirit to touch their hearts and to do what God, like to do what you're going to do, God. And God, you got to take it from here. Like there's, that's all we can do. But when you preach the gospel, it is successful. And I can tell you right now that every single outreach this week has been successful. Every single one. The five talent one, the two talent one the one talent one, whatever, right? It's successful. You're using what God has given you. And then pray about those ways to show that love to your fellow students. And so this question that I want to ask tonight is this. How do you invest and how do you multiply what God has given you today so that it grows? How are you going to use what God has given you? Because God has given you something very special God is giving you something incredibly special here. And how are you going to use it so that it grows? Again, it's that love. It's that discipleship. It's loving people, inviting them people into your Bible club. It's that discipleship. It's getting those new believers plugged into churches, which I keep hearing over and over again. And that's awesome. And I would encourage you, invite them to your church. Like, don't, don't invite them to my church if you don't go there. Like, that would be, that'd be like, ah, right? So, unless they live, like, right down the next door. But I would encourage you, invite them to your church because then they know you. Because then they have a familiar face. And they're like, oh, you're the dude, like I saw in my school, and told me about Jesus. Or you're the guy. Or you're the girl. Invite them to your church. And then next, in terms of investing and growing what God has given you, this is really key, guys, and this is something that I really appreciate about NSP, is that they always encourage you, what's next year look like? What's your transition look like? For you seniors, 
Like you're gone in four months. So who are you going to hand the torch to? God wants you to hand the torch to them. Again, growing what God has given you takes some risks. Those guys took risks. And let me ask you this. What risks in faith can you take? I know outreach week is over, but your walk of faith isn't. What risks in faith can you take when you're back from break? What risks in faith does God want you to take? And being faithful, again, being faithful with little is so important. If there's only five people that come to your Bible club meeting, guess what? Those are five souls that God has entrusted to you to help, to encourage, to lead. That's, that's tremendous responsibility. It's absolutely tremendous responsibility. These outreaches have created what I'll call a spiritual ripple effect. Because here's what's going to happen. Kids are going to say, hey, like, weren't you at that Bible thing? And it is your chance in that moment to make a decision. I'm going to continue risking in faith or I'm going to shrink back. But you see, I, I don't think you guys are going to shrink back. I encourage you, take the next step and be like, yeah, like, well, this is what we talked about. And then just boom, get in the gospel, right? <laughs> like, don't shy away from it because there's going to be a lot of people. There's going to be teachers that are going to ask you about it. There's going to be faculty that are going to ask you about it. I'm, I'm telling you, like, this has started a spiritual ripple effect. And when people come up to you and ask you about it, be bold and tell them, this is what God did. This is what I'm all about. And continue that ripple effect over and over and over. Lastly, here in closing, this parable, like we've talked about earlier, it's sandwiched in between two end times parables when Jesus comes back. So when Jesus says, well done, good and faithful servant, just to be completely clear from a biblical scholar perspective, that Jesus tells us, well done, good and faithful servant, basically after we die and we go to see him, it's really cool. So if that's the case, and God has given you things, and God has given you resources, and God has given you giftings, and God has given you talents, and we are the servants in this passage, and this whole well done, good and faithful servant part hasn't happened yet, then that means there is still work for you to do. You're not done. This, like I, I reach week this year, it's just one more step of faith in this long line of steps of faith that God is gonna have you do. And it's really exciting. <laughs> it's really, really cool. Because the steps of faith that God is going to ask you do, to do today are going to be smaller when you're faithful. They're smaller today. And the steps of faith that God is going to ask you to do 10 years from now, like if, if God were to tell you those now, 10 years from now, you would probably pee your pants. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. Like if God told me 10, 15 years ago, hey, you're going to quit your job at Raytheon and you're going to go be a pastor. I'd be like, ha, ah. you know, I'd be like, I don't know about that, Lord. Like, is that you? Like, I don't think that's you. You know what I'm saying? But when God leads you in taking risks in faith, he's going to start off small. My encouragement to you is be faithful. Be faithful in those things. And you've been faithful in these Bible club outreaches. And God is so pleased with that. He is so excited for you. And I'm just going to say that there's still work to be done. So what is the next risk in faith that God wants you to take? What's the next one? And, and I'm not sure how we work in the schedule-wise with this, but if we're doing, are we doing worship next? Is, we're going to 
Yeah, so we're gonna pray, sweet. Really pray, what is my next step and risk in faith, God? What's the next thing you have for me? Yep, I got this, this is awesome. God bless you, well done, good and faithful servant. But what's the next risk in faith for you? Only the Holy Spirit can tell you that. I can't tell you that, but God can tell you that. But I can tell you this, it's gonna be so cool. <laughs> it's gonna be so amazing. And I am so looking forward to what God is gonna do through all of you. Like God is using you in ways that you never thought possible. I'm just letting you know, nobody stood up at Sienega today, but I know of at least two people that came to Christ one-on-one. -on -one. God is not done. God is not done yet. And so let's pray, and then I'll hand it over to Michaela. Lord, we thank you so much for what you're doing. I thank you for this group of, of young men and women that are faithful and called to what you have for them. I pray they would not be discouraged, Lord, that, that we would not compare against what other people have done in you. Lord, we are all on the same team, and we are all working together. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you for that. I just want to thank you just for these students that are making incredible waves, spiritually speaking. And Lord, you are going to use them in ways that they never dreamed of. But I pray that we'd stay faithful, we would stay humble, and we would stay close to you in all of it. And speak to us what that risk of faith is that you want us to take next. And we give you these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Remnant of Youth podcast. For more information or if you need prayer, find us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube by searching for Remnant of Youth. You can also visit us online at calvarytucson.com. Remember, Jesus is alive and loves you more than you'll ever know. We'll see you next time at the Remnant of Youth podcast.